So here we are at Interview with an Expert. And this month, we're going to be discussing the four finalists. And if you're a guest here, you're, you're about to take part in something that you normally don't get to see. Like, if you walk down into your town and talk to an attorney that you don't know all that well, but they're successful, and you say, hey, can you tell me what you did to become successful? And like, I want to be able to do the same thing. And they look at you and they see you as a possible competitor. The likelihood of that happening is usually like a one or a two on a scale from one to 10, one being not very likely, 10 being very likely. In our world, uh, attorneys share with one another. Owners of small law firms believe that sharing is where the magic happens. And here inside of this call where we've opened it up to the public, you're going to get a little glimpse as to what they did. They're going to unpack one thing that they did to help move the needle towards the, their finalist charge, right, for the Entrepreneurial Attorney of the Year. So without further ado, we're going to get started. Uh, we're going to go first with David Lear. Um, we won't applaud for everybody or whatever because we'll do it at the end. I gave everybody a little bit of love. I I've pre-recorded David's message because David is on his anniversary with his wife, and that anniversary is happening, like, today. So he's in Hawaii. And so he had me pre-record this for him. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you right now. So I'll share my screen. Before I do, Sherry, anything you needed me to say that I didn't say? Because you know me, I get all hot and bothered about this. Um, no, I don't believe so. I went ahead and put the information about David in the chat so that people can see that as we're referencing his video. Great. So this is his, I didn't see, let me pull up the chat. Yeah, so this is his headline. Um, did you say David also posted on the queue from Hello? <laughs> That's nice. Good. That's great. <laughs> I haven't been to the queue yet today, Charles. It's consulting week for me, so I've been on phone all day. That's great. So yeah, David posted from the queue. That's that. I'm sure his wife was thrilled about that. Hopefully he did it without her seeing. Okay, uh, so I'm going to share my sound, share my screen, and we'll watch David's 12-minute presentation on... Uh, kind of what he did and why he did it uh, over the last 12 months. Just do me a favor, Sherry, give me a thumbs up that you can hear this. All right, so here we are with David Lear. He is your next finalist. And what's important about this process is that we start to pay attention to the little hidden secrets behind the message as we're talking about it, right? So David and I are going to learn a little bit about him and why he applied and, and then from there, he and I are going to unpack the discussion about what single action he did. And I want you to listen, you know, as we as we go through that, because the, the secrets are found in what he says about the action that he took. So, hey, David, thanks for being with us today. I, I know that you're you're going to be on your anniversary trip during the live EAY session of this. Am I right? Yes, sir. 25th anniversary is today as you're watching this. Oh, that's fantastic. And oh. where are you going to be? We'll be the four seasons on the big island. So first time there and uh, maybe last time, but we're going fancy. So nice. Well, you should be fun. You, I, hope you I hope you're enjoying yourself. Uh, we'll all live vicariously through you. But for now, let, let's tell everybody a little bit about yourself, about your family. You've got quite the story regarding your family. And, and just, you know, a little bit more about why you applied for EAY. Sure. I uh, was a prosecutor for 13 and a half years. I moved over to the defense side because I was missing the entrepreneurial side of my life. Uh, I, I started 
the defense side with five kids. We had uh, uh, six more, 11 total kids in 12, 12 years. That's a big why. My wife works at home, but not for pay. So I'm the sole breadwinner. And uh, I, I, I joined up because I was looking for a better way to market, better way to do things and, and uh, learn to improve my business side, not just my lawyer side. Uh, as far as why I signed up for the AY contest, I had no idea I was going to get to this place as a finalist. Um, I was shocked because I've seen so many people on the queue and in the Partners Club who do so well and do so much positive stuff. I was shocked. What I did learn, though, I mean, honestly, I swear to goodness, the, when I finished the application, I was depressed because while I thought I did a whole bunch of stuff, I was like, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I did, and that was a little bit depressing, but apparently what I did do was enough to get me here today, so I'm very excited about that. Well, I would say that speaks volumes about who you are, right? <laughs> uh, you know, just the mere fact that you, you're, you're a high-achieving individual. Um, I mean, most everybody in our world are high-achieving individuals by the pure nature that they became attorneys, but, you know, inside of that world, inside of our world, here you are within just a short period of time after joining our world, racing to the finish line and doing enough to eke out the competition. And listen, the competition was fierce this year, so it wasn't like this was an easy year for you either. So you did do a, a lot of implementation. You took massive action. And, and inside of that massive action, you, you followed our formula. Like, I mean, you, you pretty much took it step by step the way that I would like to see a firm take it when they're first starting off. And, and you did, and you just, you bought in, you know, hook, line and sinker. You didn't drink the Kool-Aid. I, I didn't give you any Kool-Aid to drink, uh, but you really did buy in it. And that's what was most impressive to me. Um, and I could highlight so many things and you'll get the opportunity to do that when you present uh, in May live for everybody for the pure competition. But for today, if we're gonna give the people that are listening uh, just a little bit of insight as to the one big thing that you did, the one major implementation that you did, what would that be? It's fuel, okay? You run a business on fuel, fuel is cash. I was a nice guy who was giving everyone a discount on my price. And so I increased my fees across the board. My lowest increase was 25%. My highest was 200% increase. Cases I used to take for 25,000 are now 100,000 or 125,000. Actually, I got one of those the other day. So it just, it changes everything because now you've got the fuel. Once you have the money in the bank account, you can now hire a phone rep. You can now do things to implement, uh, to make the client experience better. The fuel is everything. And so that was the biggest thing. It was tough. I still, in consultations, think, oh, should I give this guy a discount because I like him or because he's this or she's that? And it's like, well, I look at my 11 kids and my wife and I go, I can, I can do a good job or I can be cheap, but I can't do both. So I chose to do a good job and, and increase the prices across the board. And I did it again this year. I'll talk about that next year in the next finalist. <laughs> That's good. So, so tell me, I, okay. So what you, there's so much in what you just said, because having done this for more than a decade now, um, I can tell you that price is the area that I get the most pushback on from law firms 
bar none. Uh, I get them, I get them to nod their heads on just about everything else. But when I start talking about price, so many issues pop up for them. And, and, and as you said, I think it comes from the nice guy, nice gal nature of things. So what, what happened in your brain that made you realize you're not charging enough? Like, did you hear it from your peers and were like, well, if they could do it, I could do it. Or did you just always know you weren't charging enough and this just gave you the courage to do it? Like, how did you have the courage to take that leap? It was mainly watching the EAY interviews we're doing right now at this second. Some mm -hmm. of the folks talked about increasing their prices back in May of last year, which is one of the, I was only two or three months into my time with, with, the, with the Partners Club. And I was like, listen, this is it. I've got to step up and, and do it. The thing is, I've been turned down because I was too cheap more than I've been turned down because I was too expensive. And I, in the first couple of months of my dramatic price increase, I lost one client. But I gained a whole bunch more people. I, get, I put on 50, per, I, I was hired by 50% more customers last year than the year before with a dramatic increase in, in pricing. That's just- Right, so that, that, I mean, that's the mind boggling thing, right? So, so most people think if I raise my prices, I'm gonna scare everybody away. And here you raised your fees. And while you use the additional profit to grow your firm in other ways in the, in the early days, you hadn't had the opportunity to hire the phone rep and hire the marketing person and hire all the help. So in the early days, you're raising your prices and at the same time, you're getting more people to hire you. So it's like when you got your price right, the people that wanted to do business with you kind of showed up. I don't mean to make it uh, spiritual or universal or wooey wooey, but at the end of the day, that kind of feels that way, doesn't it? When you it get it right, you attract the right people. And they're better clients to start with. If you charge what the case is worth, the client isn't moaning with you about the price because they know they paid a fair price and you're a good lawyer. They've heard both those things. Now they expect good service. So when they get it, they don't whine. They don't moan. They don't complain. Yeah. Well, the, the worst clients in the world are the ones that you cut a deal for, right? They're right. the worst clients in the world. Everybody out there, you're shaking your head. I know you are. You're nodding your head going, yep, that's right. Everybody I cut a discount for drives me crazy, right? That we let crazy in the building because I gave them a 20% or 50% discount because they were my, they, I felt bad for them. They cried in the consult. They're my brother-in-law. They're my friend's friend or whatever. Fill in the blank. Whatever reason why you decided to give them a discount or, 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 you know, if you're charging at the low amount already and you're not charging at the right amount, now we're just inviting crazy in the building at all times. So charging the right amount is so important. But David, tell me, what would you tell everybody, anybody who's out there that's going, ah, I just, there's, you know, okay, so they're going to go, well, David, yeah, you're a criminal attorney. And so, so that means that you maybe have to charge more because you're going to do your own defense. But, but you know, I'm a estate planning attorney and I've got three attorneys doing the work and it's not going to be done by me. I, I don't know that we can increase our fees because it's not going to be me. How, how do you address that for them? Well, first of all, since I've increased my prices, I've hired new staff or handling the cases, not me directly. And so they're, they're not getting me all the time. They're paying more and they're happy. We hired the phone rep with the new cash. The phone rep calls them proactively twice a month. We send them an email once a, a week saying, here's what's going on with your case. 
here's some things you can do to improve your life. The extra profit gives them better service. And it's not just, okay, I made more money and then I, and then I just spent it all. I increased my income on the top line by 39.77%, close enough. But my bottom line take-home was 42.6% higher also, which means I made more percentage-wise than the increased fees. So it's not just I'm paying more money because I'm making more money. The top line's for vanity, the bottom line's for sanity. I did both. So, uh, and they're getting better service. Happier clients. I get about a third, oh, sorry, a third, two-thirds of my clients are referrals. The happier the clients are, the more those go up. And those are cheap, cheap cases to get because they don't cost you any money to get a referral. Yeah, if you want to make your marketing perform better, like we talked about that in February's Partners Club, right? Building a culture of referrals is the best way to increase your marketing value because you take, you know, one plus one equals, you know, more than two because that they each tell somebody about it, right? It's that two plus two equals six is, is basically that math. Two people tell two people that tell two people. And so before you know it, we have six people that are satisfied and they keep telling more and more people that old fashioned word of mouth advertising. Now, you didn't live it. You didn't limit it to that. You actually took some of your money and invested in marketing and things to improve, improve your lead conversion as well, like you said. So it wasn't that you just paid attention to um, referrals only. You actually invested in marketing. You invested in hiring somebody, like you said, to get on the phones and not only communicate with your existing clients, but also chase in old non-converting leads. And so you did reinvest that money so that you can grow your firm in other ways, right? Yeah, absolutely. We invested smartly. We looked at, oh, because of you, PCLC, we track every dollar. I used to track it. Now I know everything. I know how much a case is worth, where the lead source came from, who I can thank for the referral. I got that all down cold. Happier clients, more profit. You're on the Entrepreneur of the Year Award next year if you increase your prices. You can't not do it. You got to give it a shot. I guarantee you nobody will leave you. And if they do, they're bad clients anyway. Well, I can't wait for everybody to hear your full presentation on how the fuel that of the profitability or the increased fees changed your practice, which led you to, to this point in your life that you were able to increase your total net income by 42%, which helped you serve your clients better and serve your family better. Any, any last words you want to give to everybody before we sign you off for today? Hey, just listen to everyone who's on today. They've all got something important to say. And remember back in May, that rhymes, vote for Dave Lear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend, hope you enjoy your anniversary trip in Hawaii. Thank you. Okay, so that's David. Uh, and I hope he's enjoying himself in Hawaii. Uh, good, thank goodness it's not winter everywhere else. Otherwise, he might not get any votes because everybody's hating on him because he's in Hawaii. We're there in winter. So uh, the next up, we have Jonathan Breeden. And Jonathan is going to share similar insights to us. I think uh, uh, Sherry is going to go ahead and post Jonathan's headline. Just as a reminder, if you're here and you're a guest and you want to ask questions, what I would what I suggest that you do is put it in the chat, use the chat, and, and actually just type in question and 
colon. My team is looking for it at the end. I'll stick around. I'll answer questions for you if you have them. Um, I'm, I've, I've kind of instructed those who are presenting live not to stop to answer questions right away so we don't ruin their flow. I want to make sure it's fair and we give them all their 12 minutes. So, Jonathan, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just got back from court just in time so I could do this live. Court never goes like you think it's going to go. I was telling you and Sherry right before I got on that I really got to stop going to court. And that's sort of one of my goals here uh, is, is moving forward to where maybe I don't have to go to court uh, quite as often so I can work more on the business and, uh, you know, versus less in the sort of work on the business, not as much in the business. So, anyway, yeah, but, you know, but, you're you're I'd say you're doing really well. I'm going to start the timer here for us. But I, I'd say you're doing really well. You You had a period of time there where you didn't have you were doing it all. And you were able to now start hiring associates. And as you know, in family law, it takes time, right? It doesn't happen overnight, finding the right associate. But do me a favor, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you come from, what your family look like, and, right. and then we can get into the EAY process. Sure. I mean, my name is Jonathan Breeden. I'm a family law attorney in the suburbs of Raleigh, North Carolina. I am um, about 14 miles southeast of downtown Raleigh. I practice in uh, Wake County, which is where Raleigh is, and then in two suburban counties, uh, Johnston and Harnett. My primary county has about 240,000 people. Harnett's my secondary county of about 150,000 people. And then, of course, you have Raleigh and Wake County, which has probably about 1.5 million. So, um, but we're mainly out here in the suburbs. I've been here for 22 years. I got out of law school when I was 25 years old. I came to this intersection in the suburbs in October of 2000, and I've been here ever since. I've, my office has moved a grand total of a quarter mile in 22 years. So <laughs> I've been right here at this intersection, which keeps growing and growing and growing as more and more people move to Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, each and every year. Uh, so uh, we you know, we started growing. I, I'm so honored to be on this today because it was this call in April of 2020 that sold me on Richard James. Uh, it was it was this thing. I, I, I was sitting there during COVID. My business had been basically destroyed. I was sitting there like, I've got to do something. I need a coach. I believe we're going to come out of this. And I got on this call and I watched Charles Lapuka and the Dickersons and the Graftons. And I was like, they're not any different than me. And this is before I ever met you. And you always say my business is no different than your business. Uh, and I thought, these people are just like me. They have my problems. And so I thought Richard James can help me. And I signed up the day before the May Partners Club. Uh, I watched their presentation, got to vote for the winner. I think the Grafton's won. And uh, the rest is sort of sort of history. So I'm, I'm kind of excited just to be able to be on this call because I don't know how many guests are on here, but it was that get, being a guest on that call two years ago, almost to the day, that really turned me into this program and all the good things it's, it's allowed me to do. So um, I currently have three associates. I have, um, I had two admins, one just left last week. We're trying to replace it. I now have an executive assistant slash office manager. I have somebody in Mexico now answering the phones. We hired them in February through Four Eyes and HRPV. Uh, and, um, and and we're continuing to grow. We had the biggest month we ever had in March of 2022. So um, things are things are going going well. We probably need another associate uh, now if it keeps like this. And uh, we're excited. We do all types of family law, divorces, custody. 
custody, adoptions, guardianships. We do a few wills, stuff like that. Um, a speeding ticket every now and then, a DWI twice a year because I started out as a criminal defense attorney. So that's a little bit about me. I have a wife. I have two kids. My son, my children are 12 and 9. I just got off a cruise to Aruba. Uh, I was in Aruba last week and cruising around on a carnival cruise, which I would highly recommend to people. And um, anyway, so I'm excited to be back here, getting back to work, ready to get to Charlotte. Maybe I can get y'all to vote for me. Nice. Uh, so I, I love it. So by the way, uh, carnival cruise, only experience I had with it. We were on the West Coast, took our first cruise with me, my wife and my two boys. They were uh, 13 and 11 at that point. And um, the, the seas were so rough. The waves were coming up over the bow of the boat. And the, and the salt and pepper shaker would move one side of the table to the other side of the table. My wife, Maria, made it through one dinner. My East Coast Italian bride made it through one dinner, half the dinner, went to a room, got sick, never came out of a room. My son followed her. He never came out of a room. So it was me and Justin on the whole trip, just cruising <laughs> the ship by ourselves. So my, I can't, I can't, I can't invent a game where I can get my wife back on a cruise now. Oh my goodness. Um, your, your, your wife helps you in the business occasionally too. Is that right? She, she does. She does. And she was the, uh, part-time to full-time office manager while also homeschooling my children uh, for all of 2020. We did not actually get the new executive assistant to help us sort of as an implementer, as you talk about, uh, until January of 2021, of 2022. So yeah, so she did a lot of it. And probably 80% of the stuff that we've implemented from your program, she's actually been the one implementing because I'm not the best implementer in the world. We have because, and we're, I want to get into implementation in a second, but I'll, I'll make this throwaway comment that, that um, you know, when you first started, you didn't have the three associates and the two admins and the executive assistant and the phone rep. It was like you and your wife and a secretary or something right. like that. Right. That's right? exactly right. Right, right. Yeah. So, so you've grown to this point now over the last couple of years. But let's let's back up for just a second, go to the application, because I want to inspire those members who are watching. Obviously, there are guests watching. Hopefully, they'll learn something from you and be inspired by you. But for those members that are watching that maybe didn't apply this year, and we had record number of applicants this year, but I'd like to continue to inspire members to apply. What, what did you discover about you or your firm as you went through the application process? You know, I, we waited to the last day. And we weren't, we weren't going to do it because I didn't have all the numbers I needed with everything, with the turnover. We, we'd lost two admins the first week in January. The new lady had come on. And we actually had a case settled, no lie, that was set for the 28th when it was due. And I was like, you know what? We're just going to sit down and we're going to figure these numbers out and we're going to do the application. And I was so happy that I did because like everybody else said, when I started to write the essay and talk about everything I did, I did a lot of stuff. You know, and, and when you do it gradually, you think I didn't do anything, but we really did do a lot of things, which is one of the reasons we were able to grow our net profits by 124% and, and make over $400,000 last year as a guy behind a food line in the suburbs. I mean, that just doesn't happen overnight. And so it was good to go through and write down what we did, hone in on the numbers, figure out what the numbers were. Um, and, and that was important. And, and I learned a lot. And I, and, it, and I felt, even though I didn't think I was going to win, I just felt better about myself and what I had done and what I accomplished. Because it's so easy to get into this. Your clients are crazy. You're, you're, you've got staff turnover. It's just going to happen. You know, you're just fighting one fire to the next week to week. And you don't always sit back and say, no matter how much money you make, it's you don't ever sit back and say, 
man, I really did something good here. I, I, I mean, we positive. We helped a lot of people. We're providing jobs for these people. We're making payroll. And, and that was that was really important to me. And so I am very glad I did the application and I will definitely do it every year from now. Yeah. You know, Jonathan, I would tell you that my grandmother used to say, honey, you know, you chose to become an entrepreneur. You better get really long arms because you're the only one that's going to pat you on the back. <laughs> No, right. no, nobody else is going to pat you on the back. Right. And so right. you, you right. by going through that application process, it's a, you know, a, a, a virtual pat on the back from yourself going, oh, my gosh, yeah, I did that. And I did that. And I did that. And I did that. Yeah, you feel really, really good. Now, David said he felt like he didn't do enough, but that's a sign of an overachiever as well. But I'm so happy that you did the application because not only did it give you the insight to see how much how far you've come. But, but also, I'm grateful you did, because if you hadn't, you wouldn't be here today, and, and you've moved the needle quite a bit. And, and the other thing I, point I want to make out is, yeah, you grew that top-line number, but, man, you kept an awful lot to the bottom line. You know, I can't tell you how many attorneys I talked to through the years that they grew their top-line number, and they made a lot of gross revenue, and they don't keep a nickel. I, I talked to an attorney last month that they're doing $120,000 a month, and they kept four grand to themselves. I mean, there, there's just some upside-down stuff going on out there. And so for people to hear that, you know, it's not just about that top line, but you were able to keep the bottom line as well. But of all the things that you did, let's try to give some value today. Let's pick one item that you want to talk about a little bit today. I think, I, I think redoing the website. You know, I had a good website. I, I worked for a company called Postali out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Postali.com, anybody wants to look it up. Uh, my website, I pay $7,750 a month for. That is close to $100,000 a year. And everybody out there is like, oh my God, oh my God. But you got to understand, if you have the right website, and that includes blogs and I have a publicist. I just got quoted in Money Geek and MSN last week. I'm, I've got a quote in that may go in the New York Times next week. Um, you know, all of that stuff, it, it's a complete marketing thing that they help provide. And we decided we were going to rework the website um, in 2020 when everything was down because it was getting old. It wasn't loading as fast. It was losing its rankings. Uh, and But I had to commit to another hundred, two hundred thousand dollars with them or they weren't going to rework a 300 page website. Um, but I believe that we would have a vaccine and that we would come out of COVID. I didn't want to lose positioning. I didn't want to pull back. So I committed to 2020. And I spent a lot of time rebuilding that site and it went live in November of 2020, which allowed it to be spidered. And by January 2021, I was back in the positions I was in and I was actually moving forward. My leads went up. Uh, my site visits went up, my contacts went up, and then it just became a matter of time of how to get them in the funnel and get them in here and do the work. But if you don't have leads, you don't have a business. And 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 unfortunately, I don't get a lot of referrals. I, I got to do a better job of that. I, I was at the Partners Club a few weeks ago. I'm working on referrals net better now. Um, so I really do live off of Google with this very transient society. You know, half the people didn't live here 10 years ago. 25% of the people didn't live here five years ago. You know, they live in the suburbs. They work in Raleigh. Um, and so it's it's a unique marketing situation out here. Um, but if you don't have a website and you don't have videos on YouTube and a way to communicate with people and get your message out there that you're an expert on something, you're going to have a hard time. And I also signed up with James Publishing as well through your program. And, you know, they forced me to make videos, which I then put on YouTube because they put it on my calendar. 
and I just shot a couple of minutes ago with Mike and, and Riley and all of them. Um, and that's important too, because, you know, you have to be putting out that new content. You have to be answering questions. You have to be talking about cases. Um, and, you know, that's all important stuff as a way to get your message out. People need to hear your voice, right? You can do all the marketing you want, but it needs to be your voice. It needs to be what you're saying. And, and I don't care how many employees I have or employees. It is me. This is my firm. It's my story. It's my origin. It's why I do what I do. It's why I, I did the book that you helped me with. You know, that's what's important. And so whatever you're doing to market through your website or whatever it is, your video, how many people's website don't have their picture on the homepage? That's ridiculous. When you go to the homepage, it should be you. I go, I get these calls from attorneys and I'm like, I don't know these people. Raleigh's a big place. I go to their website. I'm like, have I seen them? I can't find their picture. Didn't even figure out if I know them. I was like, how are you going to market yourself if your picture's not on the homepage of your website? I mean, if they can find your website, right? I just, I mean, I just think that that's, that's really important. And, you know, I could talk for hours. You know that. You played golf well. with me. Good, good, <laughs> and I don't have hours, but I would just say you need leads. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, the, the key to, I'll summarize it, the entire thing for you, you invested in marketing in your firm and you identified the number one marketing asset for most small law firms, specifically family law firms in, I hear you. It's over. I know. I give you, you got a little bit. Uh, you invested in the, num the number one uh, source for family law firms is without a doubt, all small law firms, but family law specifically is your website. And, and whatever they think about that number that you told them is irrelevant. It's all about return on investment. And it's obvious that that return on investment is there for you. It's continuing to grow. And, and look, I know who one of your largest competitors in North Carolina is and has a web presence that just dominates. And it would have been easy for you to say, you know what, they're so big, they're so large, I'll never compete. But you didn't do that. You said, no, 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 I'm going to find my place with my voice, with my per personality. I'm going to hire a company I trust and I'm going to go for it and I'm going to build it. And, and that's the right decision. And so we, we found yourself additional leads and additional revenue streams. You continue to invest in additional staff to, to manage the capacity. And I can't wait for you to be able to present your entire 20 minute presentation in May so they can hear more depth. Before we go, any last statements for anybody before you go? I would just say to everybody, make a decision. I think that's the hardest part for small attorneys. Make a decision. Make an attorney, make a decision to join Richard James. Make a decision to invest in a real website company. Make decisions that are smart and then be slow to change them. Because I think a lot of attorneys are afraid, they're focused on scarcity, and they don't make decisions and they don't take action. And action kills fear. Action kills fear. All right, my friend. A little bit of love. One, two, three. Okay, uh, Matt and Kylie are up next. Uh, Matt, Kylie, I don't know if you decided to present together or separately. I'll let you figure that out. Um, uh, Sherry's going to post their headline here for you. Uh, and so we'll hear from them. Are you both going to talk? I think you said yes to me earlier. Is that right? Yes. Okay, great. So um, guys, why don't you go ahead while Sherry puts your, um, your headline up. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself, about your family, about where you, you know, how did you decide to build this firm, your process as to why we got to this point, and then we'll start talking about EAY a little bit. All right. Uh, I'm Matt Davis. This is Kylie, my wife, and uh, we have a bankruptcy firm in Birmingham, Alabama. We have uh, four kids, and uh, 
we decided to start this firm at probably one of the worst times in history, it seems like, for bankruptcy. But uh, we're confident coming out the other end on that side. Uh, I spent four years working with federal governments. Uh, prior to that, I did PI and MedMal. And uh, back then, I'd known about Dan Kennedy and everything. So whenever I was wanting to go back to private practice, I wanted to find someone who had uh, a Dan Kennedy uh, link. And then I found Richard James. And here we are. So Kylie, um, you, you, what, what do you do at the firm? You basically do everything and Matt just gets to talk or how does it work? Um, no, <laughs> um, I do more of the background work. I love building our systems, creating all of our templates, documents, messaging. Um, and I let him be the lawyer. Yeah. So um, how long have you all been married? Since 2008. And, and you know, you've been working together ever since that time? Pretty much, yes. Yeah. So I, I get to say congratulations and my condolences, right? I'm married to my East Coast Italian bride, and uh, we have worked together our entire lives. So I know both sides of that story. It can be wonderful at times, and it can be not as wonderful at times. And so the fact that you guys have figured out this balance that you can figure out who, what you, one of you is good at and the other is good at and likes to do, and then go do that, makes us a really powerful team because, uh, you know, Matt, you love the direct response and the marketing and the Dan Kennedy side, and Kylie loves the system side. But at, let, let's break into this as you were going through the application. I mean, again, you guys started in 2020 in the worst downturn. I mean, I, by the way, in 2020, you probably heard me say this, but, you know, in March, I was like any bankruptcy firm. I was like, my gosh, you guys are going to be the wealthiest people on earth. I thought for sure, you know, bankruptcies were going to soar. I was willing to bet it all at that moment that bankruptcy was the right practice area to be in, who knew it would get so bad that everybody would get saved and you know the government would save everybody from having to go through this process. In spite of that, you guys re realized this incredible growth. And I, I wanna talk about how you did that in a second, but you went through this EAY process. Why did you do it? What was it like going through it? What did you learn as you went through it? Well, so we knew we wanted to do it because we saw the effects, you know, I'm in the excellence group and we've got, you know, with the exception of last year, we've got you know, several last winners, you know, Sam and Todd, Marshall and Fran, uh, Will and Kelly, uh, you know, we had, we had Brent and Terry in there and Charles in there. So we see how this process can help people every week mm -hmm. um, and just knowing your numbers and everything. But really what we learned through going through this process was that a lot of times, you're looking, you're so focused on the next case and the next, uh, you know, getting the clients in and just doing little pieces here and there. You don't take a step back and look and say, what did you actually do? And that's what this did for us. Is we looked at it and we we're like, what did you actually do? And we did a lot. Kylie, were you surprised by what you did? I was. I, I really like, I knew we had done a lot in 2020 to build things, but I really had to think like, what did we do in 21? And yeah, we still did a lot more. Yeah, it, it's just um, the minutia, the grind and the grit it requires to run a business day by day. I've said this before, running a small business is hard. Running a small law firm feels sometimes impossible. Um, as Jonathan eloquently put it, sometimes you get crazy clients or a lot of your clients are, clients are crazy and you're, you're helping people in some really difficult times and you're doing, in my opinion, God's work. 
And it's tough to remember all the action steps that you took, no matter how diligent you are about documenting them. Um, and so, you know, the, the fact of the matter, by the way, I, I want to address something Matt had mentioned, he's in the excellence group, and he had mentioned some other partners club members. For those of you who are guests, just to be clear, um, all of our uh, members in partners club are put into a, a PIP group. So after they're here for at least 30 days, um, we put them into the personalized implementation groups and theirs that they're in is called the excellence group. And that's led by their fearless captain, uh, Captain uh, Charles Aputka. And almost every, not maybe almost many of the members of that group have been finalists and or winners of the entrepreneurial turn of the year. So Matt and Kylie have been uh, part of, uh, they have a good, uh, you know, uh, uh, heritage there. Yeah, right. There's a great bloodline in that group to learn from. Um, so, okay. So as, as you guys implemented like crazy and you realize you did a lot in 2021, let's unpack. What, what is the one thing you think that moved the needle the most as you were going through this process? And again, it doesn't just have to be 2021 because everything is kind of all encompassing, but what, what's that biggest move that you made, you feel made the biggest difference? So for 2021, it was really focusing on our workflows and processes. Uh, we took our systems, went from an average time about six months to get a case confirmed uh, down to three. Wow. And, and because we realized that so much, we are heavy in chapter 13. So we don't get paid initially. We get paid after it's confirmed for the most part. And so it was really hurting our cash flow as a result. Okay. So that's really important. So you looked at your business and said, Okay, so I'm doing all this to market and generate leads and convert leads through what we call the perfect client life cycle, getting an appointment set, getting the show, getting them to retain the firm, getting them to pay their bill in full. And then we need to file their case and then we need to get their case confirmed. And when you do a high percentage of chapter 13s, you don't start to get paid through the plan until the case is confirmed, which means getting paid and getting the case confirmed are directly combined to one another, which means there's a real sales process or marketing process involved in doing that as well as efficiencies and workflows. So how did you, what did you do? What steps did you take? Did you add staff? Did you just throw money at it? Did you do better things in house? How did you start to cut your, your workflow down by 50%? So we, we uh, starting in the November, 2020 presentation, we talked about the buckets at that partners club. And so we broke down our entire process into those buckets and we started tracking everything through the buckets. Uh, we had people who assigned who were responsible for that bucket. So like we, we had training last week and I was like, you know, Stacy, you're in charge of our document bucket. If it's bad on documents, it's on you. If it's good on documents, it's on you. Mm -hmm. um, so they have responsibility for that bucket. Uh, they also, we started uh, having metrics. So we have this many cases that we push from documents to petition drafting each month. Uh, we also have it to where we're doing quarterly reviews. So we're not doing an annual review, we're doing quarterly reviews. So that way everybody is incentivized that way to say, okay, am I meeting my metrics? Am I looking at it sooner versus looking at it and saying, oh, I've got, we had a good December. No, no, I had a good March and I had a good May and I had a good April all the way through. So pushing that a little faster down the road. Yeah, I, I agree that you, okay. So I, I love that you, you are the CEO of this bucket. I love it. Uh, so Kylie, how about you? What's your take on this? And, and you have a different perspective? Uh, no, I really think the tracking through the buckets, I will add, um, we did it a couple of different ways. I created a Trello board and used technology to really do that, but that wasn't quite enough like for everybody. So we also have a marker board. Um, 
you know, just to offer that visibility for other people who just could see that better. Um, we also use technology a few other ways. We created a document reminder sequence to send to our clients. It's just like the appointment reminders you do when you try to get them in the door for the consult. We did the same thing to get them to finish out so that we could get them drafted and filed. Yeah, so I, I want to I put this in perspective for everybody. So you had some experience running a law firm, but not a bankruptcy firm. You make a decision to run a, to build a bankruptcy firm. You, you decided you wanted to build it with direct response marketing, a la Dan Kennedy, happens to be my mentor. I, I don't know that I heard the story about how you stumbled upon me and him together. And this isn't the time for that because I don't want to take away from you. But, but I will learn that story from you. Um, and then, and then um, uh, you, you started in your town in Arkansas with like, or, you know, with just like nothing, right? With, with no business whatsoever. And you grew from zero to how, how many cases are you doing a month now? We filed 24 last month. 24. And how many people are in your town? I don't know that right now. We, we dropped off a little bit in the past since COVID because Birmingham is no longer the largest city in Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama is no longer the largest city. Okay. So, so, um, but it's, my point is it's not, you know, 3 million people like in Phoenix, we're, we're dealing with Birmingham, Alabama, right? So there's a decent amount of people there, but you went from zero to 24 cases a month. And I, do you have any idea of where you stand as far as market share? So last year we were the number nine filer in chapter 13 in the Northern district. Not so from zero to number nine using these principles. So obviously, if I can go back just a scooch, and, I, and I'm sure you're gonna share this, we don't have enough time to unpack it completely, but is it fair to say that you had to pay attention to marketing in the beginning to figure out how to start generating leads? Absolutely. Okay, so I I'm, I'm, can't wait till May. Hopefully you can share a little bit about that with everybody. But back to the workflow process to have the wherewithal to understand that if you could cut your uh, amount of time it takes to get the case filed from six months to three months, you're going to start to increase your checks. Now, because of that lag, I'm guessing that even though 2021 was good, I'm guessing this first quarter of 2022 was even better. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. So what, what's happened with your checks now? How has it started to improve? So they've increased. I think we doubled just from like October to March. Our trustee checks have doubled. Right. Um, and, and that's what a lot of people don't understand, the lag, right? The work that we do today, we don't always receive the full benefit of it today, regardless of practice area. We could talk about this with PI or social security. We could talk about this with family law. We could talk about this with bankruptcy or criminal. There's always some sort of payment plan or structure involved where we're going to realize the full case value over some period of time. And it takes time for all of this to start to work. And so you're, I mean, you're literally running into 2022 with a head start in a way that, you know, and I'm assuming you've got more people hiring you this first quarter of this year than you had first quarter of last year. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, thank you for sharing that. Any last words you'd like to share with everybody before we sign off today? What would you like to, what would you like to tell everybody? What would you like them to know? Well, so if, if they'll do everything that this program has in front of it, from the tool, from starting the toolkit, 
and build out from there because that's what we did. We started with the toolkit, drive back and forth, even before we ever came to our, our golden ticket in February of 2020. Just do everything and do something and it will make the world a difference. Um, that's what we've done. And that's why you should vote for us for EAY. Nice. How about you, Kylie? Um, I, I think that's it. Just listen to everything, pick something to do. And don't stop. So I guess what you're telling me is this stuff actually works, huh? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, when I was recording that toolkit in 2009, I wasn't sure if I had it right or not. All I, could, all I knew that I was going to teach everybody to do what I did. And I believed it was going to work. So thank you for showing me what was possible by taking that information and actually implementing and letting action kill fear. I appreciate you. A little bit of love. One, two, three. All right. Last but certainly not least, we have Bart and Seth. And I think Sherry is going to bring up their uh, headline and then we're going to highlight them so they're with us there we go we got seth bart's coming right around the corner there's bart and so uh we're gonna spend some time now talking about what's going on in your world but do me a favor tell everybody a little bit about yourself i i, I love the personal interaction you both had with this i remember talking to bart seth and he's saying i really think i want to sell my firm to seth it was in the early days when he and i first met I've got this guy, he said, I got this guy. I think I really want, he's the one, right? And here you were the one, right? And so I want to spend more time with my wife. And then I've read your story about, you know, what you wanted to do. So why, why don't you guys share your story with everybody and, and just let them know where you're coming from, who you are, where you're from, what your story is, and then we'll get into EAY. All right, Bart, you want to start them off? Sure. Um, so I'm Bart Solomon. Um, I. Grew up in Chattanooga, been practicing for 34 years. Um, our firm is in Dalton, Georgia, which is uh, in North Georgia, just uh, basically a suburb of Chattanooga a little bit. Um, I practice uh, workers' comp and personal injury law. Um, I bought this practice uh, 12, 13 years ago. Um, so I've got uh, two girls who are adults now, 27 and 23. Um, they're still in Chattanooga. And they're swim coaches on the swim team with me. So I get to see them a lot. Nice. How about you, Seth? I guess I'll step in. Uh, I'm Seth Holliday. Uh, I've been practicing uh, law for 25 years. Started actually in Chicago. Um, I finished up my law school career at the University of Chicago and practiced PI there for about 10 years. I uh, was actually born in West Virginia, grew up in a farm in Alabama, went to college in Mississippi. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but also put um, my first two years of law school at Washington University, obviously finished up at uh, UFC. Um, I have two daughters. Uh, one is four, one's 11. One likes exploring. That's the four-year-old. The other one likes riding horseback uh, and playing Robux on the Oculus platform. So we do a lot of, uh, it's basically uh, it's simulating another universe, which is a little strange, but we enjoy it. Uh, 
got married when I was in Chicago. That's why I moved back home to the South, uh, joined BART with us. He joined BART in 2012. Um, I practice PI, Social Security Disability, both of those sort of regionally or locally. And then I have a long-term disability practice that's nationwide. Um, I used to enjoy golf, snow skiing, reading, and running. Um, and then I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, uh, although, yeah, no, I played golf seven times a year when my kids were growing up. And last year I played golf 12 times as much as that, but my kids are gone. So that's why that happens. Uh, kids do those funny things to you. So, okay. So Bart and Seth, as you were going through this process and you were, and you were applying for the EAY, what, what did you discover about your firm or yourselves or what you did? Were you surprised? How, how did that process work for you? You know, I think it's a similar theme that we've heard today. A lot of it is taking stock of what you did. Uh, I think the reality is that we, we don't sit down and make, uh, make a diary or a journal, but we probably should. Um, uh, just realizing how much that we did uh, over the course of the year. Um, and, and frankly, anything that, that uh, will make me work on my business. So, you know, filling out that application and making sure we had all the information is working on the business for me. And anything that will do that it helps me. Uh, so I had a, so I, I agree with, with Bart. I, I had a sort of a deeper dive when, when I was going through the EAY process thinking about like firm culture, because that's one of the things that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I sort of realized that Bart and I had done a lot of retreats with our staff and had a lot of team meetings, team, team uh, management team me uh, meetings. And I found that the buy-ins to what we were doing, right? The, all the stuff that we were implementing happened in public spaces, right? They happened around a large conference room, uh, a large conference table with all the staff while we were talking about our core values. And they didn't happen in the cubicles, right? So you don't go back from a Richard James uh, seminar and say, hey, this is what we're doing, do it. You really have to get people to buy in, which means that you have to say, here's what we want to do. What do you think about it? And we found that um, we got a lot more buy-in and, and we got uh, actually the, the people, we have outstanding people and what they were able to do with the systems that Richard gave us was, was nothing short of amazing. Yeah, you know, I, we say it all the time, right? Systems run your practice, but people run your systems. And that isn't to, said to minimize the importance of people, um, but rather maximize the importance of systems. And, and, but when you have thoroughbreds and you have great systems that they can run, boy, really awesome things can happen. And, and so part of your goals was to, you know, be able to spend some more time with your family. I know you've realized great, you know, bottom line net incomes, but were you able to carve out time with your family throughout the course of this process? So 
a bit more. Um, for me, um, so what that looks like is I get home and I play dolls with my four-year-old, right? That's what, that's what it looks like for me. And then on the weekends, uh, I go horseback riding or go to watch my, my 11-year-old go horseback riding. And then on Sunday, we go to the dog park. And I'm able to spend um, Sunday uh, and well, Saturday and Sunday. And when I get home at about 6.30 or 7 for those two or three hours, um, and those are sort of precious times for a four-year-old and an 11-year-old. And without systems and people implementing systems, you know, I'd be working like Bart used to work. I mean, you know, Bart and I have calmed down in terms of our how we used to work. But I mean, this kind of, you can work yourself to death. Um, so uh, that's sort of my sort of my piece. I'll that's great. I'll turn over to Bart. How about you, Bart? Have you found time to spend some time with your wife? Probably depends on who you ask. <laughs> Okay. Loaded question. <laughs> Understood. Uh, you know, I, I, it's hard to beat the workaholic out of me. Um, but I've been much more conscientious about it and mindful about the time that I spend at home and, and how I structure things here. And, and a lot of the taking the small tasks away from me because I started the business and was doing everything mm -hmm. literally um and uh that that's helped a lot good so let's you, you guys have done so many things in your application process to get you to where you are today there's a, an obvious lag between the work that you do and the money that you realize because of the nature of the business that you're in but let's pick one thing we want to talk about today what would you like to dive deep on so let me start with that seth um you know, when I joined uh, Richard James, uh, I was really focusing on marketing and the stagnation in our leads mm -hmm. uh, and the fact and, and going crazy with the not knowing our ROI, especially going crazy because of all the money I was spending. You know, the old, I threw, the, I threw everything up on the, against, I threw the money against the wall. What stuck? I didn't know. Right. Right. Um, and so... We really worked on that, but there's something that, uh, an insight that really helped us when we converted from our outside marketing company, which we were told by you and others in the group to be careful about, to inside marketing, uh, we kept being sold impressions. Mm -hmm. Nobody cared about conversions. Right. Nobody cared about driving leads. Right. They, they were just selling us impressions and everything was going over our heads. Um, and so we've now understood conversion drivers and we have them everywhere. And, and it's made a huge difference. That's huge. That, that paradigm shift, that, that powerful position, because there are so many marketing providers out there that sell the sizzle and not the steak. And I say that they sell swamp juice in a perfume bottle, right? And it doesn't really work and they're not paying attention to conversion. How about you, Seth? How did you feel about that? So I agree with Bart. Um, I think, so Bart and I sat in uh, 
conference room listening to our outside marketing agents to talk about impressions for years. Mm. And Bart, as I was completely befuddled, I mean, I just, I just trying to understand hour long conversations about things that sounded like they were made up. Bart would continually say, well, so how does that generate a client? Right. How does that generate, I mean, a phone call, what does it do? And they could never tell us. And so when we brought that inside, um, we figured out that impressions simply bounce off of your website if you cannot convert them. Yeah. So, so when you say brought it inside, I just want to be clear, you brought in a marketing director, right? So we, we did. We, we decided, we were thinking about, we should, should we hire an attorney or paralegal? Because it's just Bart and me. And we took a leap of faith, really a huge leap of faith, actually, and hired a marketing director, basically somebody to be our lead generation systems implementation director. Mm -hmm. And that has made all the difference in the world. Well, okay. So to be fair, what's made all the difference in the world was that you and Bart heard the message that was contradictory to what the rest of the world was saying, which was it's not about impressions, it's about conversions. And that resonated with you because you just knew that impressions didn't make sense because it wasn't leading the clients. And you saw there was a path and you, you took this leap of faith with a knowledge that, okay, we know we need to get here. We're busy being the attorneys. It's gonna be really hard for us to get there any other way, but we can hire somebody else to do it. And that's a great message for everybody to know that if you're, if you're the attorney and you really like being the attorney and you don't want to be the marketing director, you don't want a master's degree in marketing, quote unquote, you don't want to learn how about conversion and being able to watch all of the systems that need to happen, you can outsource that inside of your own company to somebody that you hire. And so that's, what the, that's the big message here, right? Somebody has to do it. It doesn't have to be you, but well, somebody has to do it. Right. Well, the other piece of it, Richard, is that we made sure from the very beginning that she was steeped in. I mean, she went immediately to a Richard James seminar. Right. Uh, Bart actually created a step-by-step -step template for her, called from all the information that we had gotten from you. So when I say it made all the difference in the world, we were putting a systems implementer, implementing director who was implementing the systems that you gave us. So I should have added that piece. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's a, I mean, yes. So thank you for giving us credit in our world for providing you with the information. And, and I'm grateful that we were able to provide or help you provide a roadmap to your marketing implementer that was able to make the difference. Um, and obviously they've moved the needle significantly with a little bit of time left, what would you love other people to learn? What, what, what would you say to them before we left today, Bart, Seth? Uh, you know, for, for, other, for other Partners Club members, uh, what I would say is uh, implement the stuff that you learn uh, at the Partners Club by doing mind dumps. I mean, that the biggest difference for me is, you know, it's not just hearing it. I put it in a mind dump. We come, we go down, we put it into things we can do quickly, easily, things that, you know, we can do in a month and we start working on it right away. So, you know, it's, it, it's the encouragement to do it. 
and to make a list. Yeah, I love it. That's a Blaine. Blaine will love you for that, Bart. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Seth? I think uh, overcoming inertia. There, there's I can't remember this, the saying is everywhere, right? A journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. It just it seemed overwhelming when Bart came back. We first came back from a Richard James seminar. He gave just you know fire hose this information. I was like, oh my God, right? <laughs> oh my God. But then I went to one and then we began to start implementing steps. In fact, Bart and I, during uh, the first part of COVID, wrote five books. Yeah, um, I know. So uh, we, we do, whether it's Kool-Aid or not, uh, we decided to jump in and implement as many systems as we could and it really benefited us. Well, I appreciate you showing me what's possible. Uh, and inspiring everybody else out there to do the same. Um, for all of you who are not in a contingency-based practice like PI, you know that I believe everybody should have a piece of that in their practice somewhere. Um, so I can't wait for all of you to get to meet uh, Bart and Seth, if you haven't already, at the upcoming Partners Club event in May. Okay, a little bit of love. All right, so I'm um, three minutes over. Uh, anybody, um, Sherry, do I have any questions I got to deal with? No, just lots of really good comments from the, from the gang. Okay, great. All right, so uh, folks, we are going to be, for those of you that are Partners Club members, we will be live in May uh, on the weekend of, well, the Friday is the 13th, so why not have a Partners Club event on Friday the 13th, right? Why not? Um, to heck with superstition. So uh, the 11th through the 14th is when it's going to be, and, uh, and it's in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. If you haven't registered already, you'd certainly want to do so. If you're a Partners Club member and you can come live, we'd love to have you. If you, if you can only come virtually, that's fine too. If you're not sure of your eligibility, email in and let us know. Again, if you're a guest around here and you don't know what we're talking about and you want to learn some more, raise your hand and, and let us know. I'm sure my team will be reaching out to you to see what you thought about today's presentation. Uh, as always, it's an honor for me to be allowed a, as part of this journey uh, I've passed the point at which I have to do what I do for a living. I do it because I just love it. And I'm passionate about changing lives uh, one system at a time. And, and I appreciate all of you finalists allowing me as an inside glimpse today. So uh, for those of you that are watching maybe virtually or you're watching it on a podcast or YouTube or something like that, you know what you're supposed to do, comment or like or do all those things you're supposed to do that they tell you to do to make sure that other people can learn about this wonderful insight about building systems in your law firm. Thank you to everybody for participating, all of you as finalists. Thank you to Bart for my team for running everything smoothly. Appreciate all of you for being here as guests. If you have any follow-up questions, you're welcome to email me directly at richard at the richardjames.com. Thanks so much, everybody. Make it a great day.